0: Well, the Big 12 football power rankings see another shakeup this week. You cannot predict this conference. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. Welcome in as we cover the Big 12 Conference from top to bottom. Join us and hit that uh, subscribe button on YouTube on the podcast. And if you're rolling through on YouTube, we always appreciate you when you hit that thumbs up button. So welcome in as we share our power rankings for this week from worst to first. To remind you how we do this, it's not about who I think would win on a neutral site. It's not about who Vegas thinks would win on a neutral site. We do power rankings a little bit different. We do them based on, you know, what you've actually done. That's how power rankings should go. That's what they should be like. Not about who we theoretically think might win, but based on the actual you know, results on the field, plus a little bit of the eye test. So that's how we do the power rankings as we uh, get it rolling here on the show. I will start off with the power rankings and go from worst to first as we do each and every week here on the show. So at the bottom of the Big 12 power rankings this week, the Cincinnati Bearcats, another tough performance from Cincinnati. They were actually favored in that game against Iowa State. I hammered Iowa State. I told you Iowa State plus five was my lock of the week last week. If you bet that one, boy, you won that one running away. And that would remind you to subscribe to the show because I drop those picks on Wednesday or Thursday every week. So that way you never miss the episode. On the season, we are now, uh, let's see, 11-6-1 on the season. So we're rolling with our picks. I've got Cincinnati at uh, 14 in the power rankings this week. At number 13 in the power rankings, UCF. They had a bye last week. Not much going on there for UCF. They're 0-3 in conference play. They have that horrible loss to uh, Baylor a couple of weeks back. They got blown out by 30 by KU. So UCF comes in at number 13. At number 12 in my power rankings, the Baylor Bears. Baylor, also a bye week. Don't see a lot of reason to move them off of that spot right now. They go to Cincinnati on Saturday. The loser of that game is really going to feel awful about themselves. (laughs) That is going to be brutal for the loser of that game. So I'm pulling for both fan bases, but one of you is not going to feel good about your situation coming out of Saturday. At number 11 in the Big 12 football power rankings, the Houston Cougars. Congratulations, Houston. You're on the board with the Big 12 win. Yes, it took a Hail Mary. I still don't know how good Houston is, but I will say Donovan Smith getting more comfortable, getting better, it appears. And uh, I've got Houston at number number 11, up from number 14 in the power rankings this week. At number 10 in the power rankings, falling from number 7. The Texas Tech Red Raiders. I said last week, whoever lost the Tech-K-State game would be really feeling bad about themselves. And that was Texas Tech. This season for the Red Raiders has unofficially come to an end. And it's unfortunate because I thought this team could compete for a Big 12 championship. I had them in the Big 12 title game, believe it or not. So I'm calling myself out. It was a bad pick in hindsight. Now of course you can't always predict what happens when it comes to an injured quarterback, but I'm surprised a lot of you push back on me and I put this clip on up on our Instagram page at Heartland College Sports. follow us there the clip it's also from our video, our reaction video on Saturday night. I said, you know asking Jake Strong to try to win this game through the air was one of the dumbest and most boneheaded coaching decisions I've seen all year in the Big 12. And some of you defended the coaching staff, McGuire and Kitley, and said, well, you know, they were loading the box. You got to throw the ball down the field. No. No, you don't. By the way, you don't have to do what Texas Tech did airing it out like you got freaking Patrick Mahomes still back there for crying out loud. And two, if I got Taj Brooks averaging six yards a carry, I'm going to at least make them stop him before I decide to open up or try to open up the passing game and ask a true freshman to win this game for me against the defending big 12 champs at the very least. That's what I'm going to do. And Texas tech didn't do that on Saturday night. And I don't get why. And now their season's unofficially over. They are out as far as I'm concerned to the big 12 title race at number 9, BYU. That was ugly for the Cougars. Uh, they ended up falling from 5 to 9 in the power rankings. Whew, blown out by TCU, who had not looked good the last couple of weeks by over 30 points. So uh, they might be the best of the four new Big 12 teams, but I'll tell you what, these new four are really struggling thus far. Number 8, the TCU Horn Frogs. They're up from number 11, and heck, Is Josh Hoover the answer at quarterback? My goodness gracious. He looked outstanding on Saturday against BYU. I don't want to overreact to a freshman performance. But people are going to be saying Chandler who if he keeps this thing up on Saturday against Kansas State, which is a fascinating matchup now based on the quarterbacks, based on the direction of these two teams, where they're trending, where they're going. Boy, that game has a lot of intrigue to it. I've got TCU at number eight in the power rankings this week. At number seven in the power rankings, West Virginia falling from number three down to number seven. Now, some of you West Virginia fans were already lobbying, saying you can't drop them that much. They lost in a Hail Mary. Yeah, but you should have never been in a spot to lose on a Hail Mary. I mean, I don't think Houston's a very good team. I don't think Houston has Big 12 caliber talent. And if West Virginia was going to be the shocker of not just the Big 12, but maybe the college football season, you don't lose to Houston. It's really that simple. It's a bad loss. I know it's unlucky as well, and that's sometimes how the ball bounces, super cliche, but I'll use it for this part of the conversation. I hate using the cliches, but it worked, all right? So spare me here. But when you're in a position to lose to Houston on a Hail Mary, you didn't play well. West Virginia should have taken care of that game, and they didn't. Whether it was Garrett Green and the boneheaded unsportsmanlike conduct penalty to a plethora of other issues, West Virginia allowed itself to be in a spot to be beat by a Hail Mary. And I'm no way not going to Dockham for that. All right, And this is on uh, YouTube Live. David says the Houston fan base doesn't appear Big 12 ready. The stadium was pathetic and embarrassing. Uh, I I had a lot of comments about that Houston fan base on Thursday night. That was not a good look. I agree. We got a lot of Houston fans who are listening to this show, who watch this show. You guys got to rally the troops, man. We love you. You're one of us now. You're part of the Big 12, but you have got to get butts in those seats primetime Thursday night, Dana Holgerson, you know, playing his former squad. Come on, show that you're Big 12 ready. Could you imagine it looking like that in Stillwater or Manhattan or Ames? Never. Houston, you guys wanted this for 30 years now. Show that you're ready. So uh, that, um, I agree. I agree, David. I I mean, I'm pulling for Houston, like all Big 12 teams, but that was a bad look. On Thursday night. At number six in the power rankings, KU. Kansas sliding down from number four after losing to Oklahoma State. You can't. I I know offenses are good in this league, but you can't be giving up 554 yards. Not to this offense. They got some nice players. Ollie Gordon's really good. Brennan Presley. Alan Bowman's getting better, but come on. This is not Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman, for crying out loud. And KU is getting torched for 550 yards. That's way too much. I mean, they were gashed for nearly six yards a carry. I thought Jason Bean was potentially going to be the problem. Jason Bean was not the problem. He threw for 400-some-odd yards. Uh, That run defense got hammered. That's got to be fixed very quickly there at KU. At number five on the power rankings. Kansas State up from number nine. Kansas State has ping-ponged from three down to nine, back up to five. They are all over the map, Kansas State. Losing as a double-digit favorite at Oklahoma State. Coming back, winning as an underdog against Texas Tech, albeit a small underdog. And Avery Johnson, man, that guy looks to be the real deal. Now, some of you might say, Pete, he's a freshman. It's early. Relax. Relax. I'm just using the eye test here. And I'm seeing a guy who yes has great wheels, who ran for five touchdowns, but also a dude who is able to sling the rock a little bit. I was very impressed with his passing ability. I know it was a sample size of 9 or 10, but it was it was darn impressive. So I like a lot of what I saw from Avery Johnson, and I'd be I'd be playing him. Majority of the snaps on Saturday. I don't know if that means starting, but he would be my guy. Maybe you say Will Howard is going to turn it around now and it's a quarterback battle, whatever. I've seen enough this season to know that Avery Johnson would be my guy on Saturday against TCU. K-State at number five. At number four on the power rankings, Oklahoma State. I, I think I had Oklahoma State down at 11, 12, 13, somewhere down there. Just... Three weeks ago, they are up to number four in our power rankings. This is the most Big 12 thing ever. Who could have ever predicted this for Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago? People were burying Mike Gundy. He doesn't like the sport anymore. He doesn't have the passion anymore. He's lost his pizzazz, uh, the whole thing. And here he is now winning two straight games, K-State, KU, back in the mix, and in the conversation in the Big 12 conference. So I've got Oklahoma State at number four. Just a bizarro season for the Cowboys. You can't figure this thing out. And at uh, number three in the power rankings, another team that you can't quite figure out, but someone's got to be number three, the Iowa State Cyclones. I've said for the last couple of weeks, it's a young team that's growing rapidly, getting better by the week, is very dangerous as well. And you know what? Dominate Cincinnati the way they did, under Rocco Beck, stingy defense, and special teams, yes, special teams, playing a big role for the Iowa State Cyclones. They are number three in the power rankings this week. At number two, the Texas Longhorns. Off the bye week, still have the great win over Alabama, lost to OU the week prior. Texas is number two this week, and rounding out the power rankings, staying at number one, the Oakland. Oklahoma Sooners. If OU keeps up this level of play, they will find themselves in the playoff conversation. It will be well-deserved. The schedule is favorable, but suddenly Bedlam in a few weeks looks a little more challenging than it did just two weeks ago. Just pointing that out. You never know what the heck's going to happen in the last Bedlam game. I could see Mike Gundy, literally the whole season, is prepping for that Bedlam game. That would not shock me one bit. So those are your Big 12 power rankings. I'm Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. If you're just joining us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and of course on the podcast, you know what to do: rate, review, subscribe, and uh, we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. And you leave me a uh, screenshot of your rating and review. Send it to Pete Mundo M-U-N-D-O at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We got 711 ratings now. 711. On iTunes. Can we get to 750? What do you think? By Thanksgiving? End of this month? You tell me. Thank you guys for taking literally 60 seconds out and doing that. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. It's great to be here with you. Now, what I want to dive into next Oregon State and Washington State. There are rumblings, conversations, reports about some kind of potential Big 12 interest. That is not surprising to anyone who's been paying attention. The question is is there mutual interest? We know that Oregon State and Washington State have no home. There's no way to know what exactly their future is going to be. So, according to a new report from Jim Williams, Media Insider, he's done very good work on the conference realignment side. He's a worthy ex formerly Twitter follow. He put up on X. Ex- on Monday, he said high-ranking source familiar with the American confirmed that no member would be leaving to join a newly formed Pac-2, meaning Oregon State and Washington State trying to poach any AAC teams is not going to happen. He adds here in his report also sources with both Oregon State and Washington State confirm their hopes once their lawsuit is over with the Pac-12 to join either the ACC or Or the Big 12? I don't believe the Big 12 needs to necessarily expand beyond what it currently has. The 16 teams that we'll have after next year. But I'll tell you this right now. If you're looking at Gonzaga, I'd be looking at Oregon State and Washington State a heck of a lot closer. Because there's actual football money to be had there. It's not just about you know a potential basketball deal. You guys know if you've listened to this show. If not, you can catch it from another week. That I'm against Gonzaga. Gonzaga is a small school in Spokane, Washington. That is only Gonzaga because of the joke of a conference they play in. They dominate every year. They get to the Big Dance as a one, two, three seed. They oftentimes um, underachieve in the Big Dance. And if Mark Few retired tomorrow. I don't know what Gonzaga basketball is. I am dead set against Gonzaga as a standalone basketball program. And I guess they also had them for like, you know, um, I don't know, figure skating and soccer or something like that. I am dead set against the idea of Gonzaga. But if you want to talk expansion and you want to talk what the Big 12 should do here going forward, I'll tell you right now. Oregon State and Washington State have a heck of a lot more appeal to me than Gonzaga. I, like Both these teams, by the way, have been pretty darn good, not just this year, but the last couple of years. They've been underrated programs out of the Pac-12. They bring you football money. Oregon State is sitting there at 3-1, ranked in the top 15 in the country. Washington State was ranked. And then it's, you know, suffered a couple of early Pac-12 losses, but Washington State is still 4-2 and two overall. They beat Wisconsin early in the season. They beat Oregon State, by the way. Now they lost to UCLA. They lost to Arizona this past week. They got embarrassed by Arizona. But you have two decent football programs that could help round out the football side of things. Brett Yormark's approach is we want to split basketball from football when it comes to the contract and try to make some money off of basketball, and he doesn't think, I guess, the value is there from Oregon State and Washington State to justify adding them. But if we're going to have the expansion conversation, I would much rather have it with Oregon State and Washington State than Gonzaga basketball. And by the way, if you're going to go the basketball route on expansion, can we look to the Big East? Can we look to Villanova and UConn? Uh, Can we look at some of those schools, right, if we're going to go that route, like bring back some schools that make sense for West Virginia that they know from their Big East days? That would make a lot more sense to me than going to Spokane, Washington, for a multitude of reasons. So I don't get it. I don't understand the Gonzaga thing. I've told you guys that a million times now on this show. But I will say if Oregon and Washington State want a home, I am open to it. I am willing to sit here and say, you know what? Let's talk about those two programs because they've proven themselves in the football field. Now, they've had good years, they've had bad years, they both happen to be having pretty decent years right now, but I'm willing to have that conversation. And by the way, I don't know where the Big 12 contract stands right now since expansion, but as I recall, if the Big 12 added any teams, From power conferences, they would get an equal amount of money in the TV contract from ESPN and Fox. Now, I don't know how that would hold up or if they would apply that to Oregon State and Washington State because, like, they're in a Power Five, but that Power Five is going to cease to exist in what, nine months? So a lot of that's confusing, but it does. If you want to have that conversation, it's much easier to add a team that plays Power 5 sports already, including football. And I understand why your mark views basketball as incredibly valuable, or I should say undervalued in the marketplace, but football is still king. And bringing those two schools in based on what they've done it's not going to hurt you on the football side if they can maintain their Power 5 status. They've proven they can compete. Yes, they've had bad years in football. You know who else has had awful years in football and awful stretches of football? Arizona State. <laughs> Arizona as well, although Arizona's looking a lot better. I like this new head coach they got. Colorado, pre-Deon Sanders. Frankly, not even sure how good Colorado is right now when all is said and done they've been awful at football right they've had those stretches so you can't i don't want to go through the fine tooth comb of those two programs and justify why we can't add them if if the rest of the big 12 is on board with it and frankly i think the new schools will be on board with it in large part I think that the Four Corners would love to have two more Pac-12 teams in the mix. It would be good for travel. It would work for everybody. You got two more late TV slots you can work with if you're the Big 12, which is what this is all about. You start at 11 a.m. Eastern. You go all the way until, gosh, what, midnight, 1 a.m.? Or I should say 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. Let's just say noon Eastern until 1 to 2 a.m. Eastern time. You could have 14 hours of Big 12 football on any network starting next year. Why not add to that? The late TV slot is going to have some value, so the Big 12 should not miss the boat. All right, there you go. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. Thanks for joining us and being a part of the show. Hit that subscribe button, whether you are on iTunes, the podcast, YouTube, thumbs up there as well. We so appreciate you guys joining us, helping us grow this show each and every week. It's because of you that we've been able to make this happen and make this possible. A lot of written contents up on the site. Be sure to join us on the members' forums as well. Those are free. Great way to interact with other Big 12 fans, of course, um, who are right here on the show with you. So uh, looking at some of your comments here, rolling through some of those on YouTube right now, and also Facebook Live. Lance, Lance is not digging the backdrop here. I'd like you to quit hiding the Oklahoma State plate behind your mic. Well, you can see it right there. It's you know, it's not behind the mic. I see the Cowboys right there. I'm doing my best here, Lance. Come on, brother. The OU and the Texas signs have their own little flair to them that I think many fans are appreciating right now, so we're trying to work through that. Uh, also, Pete, Arizona State's in Phoenix, Oregon and Washington State are in uh, no man's land. I get it, but they're big state schools, right? With pretty large enrollments. So I understand that, but the notion that college sports is all about TV markets, ask the Big Ten how Rutgers and Maryland are doing. It is about passionate fan bases that will watch, that will subscribe to things like ESPN+, Plus, Why do you think KU Iowa State basketball ends up on ESPN Plus? Because ESPN knows they will get rabid fans who will buy ESPN Plus to watch their teams play. That's why. Media markets are great, but they're way overrated in college sports. It's about passionate, diehard fan bases that are going to show up to games. They're going to buy the product. They're going to watch the games. That's what matters. And that's what, if you're still playing in the land of media markets, man, you are missing the boat in college sports. So great to have you guys on board. Thank you so much for uh, being here, for joining us on the show. Hit that subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your day. Take care.